In this episode, we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 56. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went into the hills to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He tended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. There they brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they, climbed, they ran throughout the whole area, carrying the sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages or cities or the countryside, they brought sick, the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. So, <clears throat> another wonderful story about Jesus' life. And these are the kind of stories that when you, when you read these stories, you realize that Jesus was no ordinary prophet. He was no ordinary um, being. Because <clears throat> he just goes from feeding 5,000 people to walking on water in the very next episode, the very next night. And so there's just no, uh, there's no break, per se. And I mean, I've read stories of holy men from many, many different religions and, and whatever. And a lot of them have like one or two miracles that, that have been ascribed to them. But here, Jesus just shatters the record every single time. It just becomes, you know, more and more and more. So... In this particular case, Jesus told uh, his disciples to get back in the boat and head over to the other side. And as they're doing that, uh, for whatever reason, they they ran into trouble uh, on the lake. And Jesus saw that and he started to walk towards them. And they saw him and they, they thought it was a ghost and they really thought they were going to die. And uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. And then he got into the boat and presumably calmed the storm. And that was it. And all the boats that were heading across the lake uh, realized that Jesus had done this, this miracle. But in particular, his disciples realized that he had done this miracle. So I don't know if there's much to say about this particular story, but let's try <laughs> <laughs> we always end up talking for an hour when there's not much to say. But, uh, you know, like, I, I think we we get a lot from, from the book The Czar of Ages when it comes to pretty much all the stories in the Gospels. And there's uh, a couple of things here that uh, always stood out to me um, in terms of, like, just uh, as a comfort, personal comfort. So one of the first elements is that... Um, when when the disciples were in the boat struggling against the the weather and the elements, Jesus saw the boat and then she says something about how he uh, 
he looked at the, the boat, carried that precious burden. Because this was a special group of people. They were his disciples that he was training for a specific purpose. They themselves were scared. They, they were thinking that they might die. Uh, they had no idea what the future held. But from God's point of view, they were set aside for something. They were a very important group of people. So, uh, you know, Jesus had uh, had that in mind and he was he was quick quick to head over there and to help him out when, when he was in their time of need. Um, and I think um, um, that's one of the, the benefits of of becoming a Christian is to know that you're you're uh, you enter like a, a different phase in your existence in the sense that God does love everybody but as a Christian you become in a special sense a child of God and uh, there's a special place for you in his in his plan and and um, you know he's not going to allow anything to happen to you that's not part of that plan yeah to me the 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 special part of this story is that these i mean at least some of these men were fishermen and if fishermen are afraid of the storm then it's a really bad storm yeah but i mean these guys have spent their whole lives on on the the lake and they were probably adept at swimming and everything and for them to experience this kind of storm um <clears throat> they probably <clears throat> really feared for their lives but jesus took this into stride literally as he as he was walking across and i don't know if this is the the, the particular story or if there are other stories like it um, i'm sure jesus did this several times but there's one particular story where jesus walking on the water and then peter just says hey i'd like to walk on the water <laughs> and then jesus says well come out here <laughs> and so he gets out of the boat and starts walking and uh, so I think that, you know, there's there's those elements too. But in this particular story, we're adhering to the text. And uh, so we're just sticking with this uh, this one. But yeah, Jesus does care. And uh, he demonstrated his ability to command nature. And I think uh, now we can just take a step back and just talk a little bit about the attributes of God for a second. But Jesus was fully God as well. So he was fully divine and he was fully human. So... In this particular case, Jesus was acting on a different level with this particular storm, uh, or whatever it was. He was he was uh, dealing with nature's elements, and uh, nature always obeys God when the element. I mean, when when he is requiring it to, right? And so the question comes comes up sometimes in ministry, especially now that we have this global pandemic, that why doesn't God do the same kind of miracles today that he did in his time? And especially if he had that much control over nature, why doesn't he control a virus, right? And it's a good question to ask. And uh, I don't know if we can answer all of that in this particular episode, but the control that God has over nature is... Uh, is something that is worth considering when we talk about cures or when we talk about uh, the plans for like dealing with this pandemic. What are your thoughts? Um, so there's several things. Um, I think if we look at biblical history, we read about a lot of miracles. But when we think about the fact that 
biblical history covers over a thousand years, those miracles are maybe once in a generation for the most part. With, with, the, with the few exceptions like Moses, who, who began the whole biblical history, and, and people like Jesus, who, who the Bible actually says uh, these, these elements were there as, as, a, as a verification of who he was. You know? So um, Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the disciples was endorsed by God in a special way through miracles because they were uh, establishing a foundation in a way other, other biblical characters didn't have to do. So Moses is somebody that had that kind of a burden where Elisha and Elijah did. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh, and Jesus and the, and the apostles. So there's that that element where, where um, it was needed for God to endorse that moment in time because that became a foundation for all of Christian history in terms of uh, the Bible being written in terms of theology being based on what happened at that point in time. So. Uh, there's that aspect of it. Another aspect of it is the book of Revelation tells us that at the very end of time, God does step back all the way and things go really haywire on, on the planet. And, and like with, within those last seven last plagues, things just go really, really bad. Giving us the impression that um, at this moment in time, no matter how bad things are, they're, they're actually, they're, like God is holding the brakes down so that it doesn't go to where it could go. If, if he has stepped out of the way and, and allowed things to, to really occur naturally, so to speak, and just just let things play play out as they would otherwise, you know. So, you know, we, we can say, yeah, the pandemic has been hard. And I think uh, that's part of the, like, while we're in the sinful world, uh, we've, I don't think there's ever been a time in history when there hasn't been something. It's, it's just that it doesn't affect everybody at once. And we've always been lucky, in a sense, as uh, in the West, compared to like people all over the world who are constantly suffering, whether it's from sickness, disease, from from war, from famine, from all kinds of stuff. Uh, so this this is just something we a little we've had a little bit of an experience compared to what the rest of the world have experiences on a daily basis, and uh, you know, and it's just a normal part of of, of life. But even here, God is putting limits on, on the on the evil because we, we see some future time coming when things are going to be way worse than this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I think, yeah, the, there there needs to be a, a theology of healing that uh, needs to be uh, developed uh, more fully in our church. But I think that God works just as strongly as he did in those days uh, today. I mean, I'm a, a testament to that. I had advanced stage cancer, and I believe that God healed me. But I also believe that God, and I, and I should say not but, but and I also believe that God heals through the right application of, uh, you know, bringing the, the patient in a harmony with with the laws that he has uh, written down so for example <clears throat> in my particular case I went through four rounds of chemotherapy and uh, three surgeries three major surgeries and at the end of it I was declared to be cancer-free and have remained so since then but that particular process in all the things that they were giving me 
whether when it was chemo, for example, they were targeting very specific structures in the cancer cells, and they were destroying those structures, so uh, or impeding the work of those structures, and that's how they were killing the cancer, uh, the cancer cells, which eventually was you know killing the entire disease, and because it was spread all over my body, at least into my lungs, um, they had to use chemotherapy because that was the the best way to to spread to to take care of it. So if cancer is in one location, the doctor may just recommend surgery. You cut it out; it's done, and that's the easiest, literally the best. If that doesn't work, um, if it's in a few locations where you can and they're well defined, um, or they're in locations where there's uh, structures that cannot be taken out for whatever reason, then you use uh, radiation which is a very powerful beam that goes in to burn those cells, right? So there's that. And if that doesn't work, if it's all over, if it's already spread, it took a while for you to find out that you had cancer or it was a particularly fast-growing cancer, then in that case, uh, you use chemotherapy. So I use chemotherapy. And now with the advances in technology, chemotherapy is now considered to be a blunt tool compared to what's available now or what's coming down the pike. So <clears throat> now they're harnessing the immune system of the body to find out the cancer itself. So they teach the immune system uh, to identify these particular markers on the cancer cells, and they do an efficient job of finding that stuff. They've done it so well to the point where now they've begun to heal people from HIV. So I think the third person now has gone through this treatment and has been healed, has been completely cured of HIV. So that, that kind of uh, technology is now available. But all this stuff is still working with the laws that God has created and that God has ordained. So I think it's important for people to realize that Jesus is just as powerful today, even as he works through, through uh, the hands of uh, physicians and scientists to develop the treatments that are needed. Yeah, we, we need to have a maybe a, in a different episode uh, a, a very thorough conversation about the the how the Adventist health message interacts with modern science and modern medicine because there's a lot of misunderstanding in our church and it's it's hurting people and it's becoming uh, it's becoming a, a fanatical situation a cultish situation. Um, and people, what people don't realize is that they think what they're doing is being more Adventist, when in fact they're actually becoming more pagan in their thinking. Because the reason modern science took until 200 years ago or so to even begin to develop is because of bad theology that, has, has, uh, that people have had for, for millennia. You know, before, before the, you know, the time of Christ, whether it was the pagan religions, whether it was the Greeks with their philosophy, um, all these perspectives that, that sort of enter Christianity have made, have, have made it to where people misunderstood the nature of reality and they misunderstood how God heals and how the body works and how nature works and all these things. And it, ha it has hindered human progress for, for all this time. And within this modern era, the past 200 years, people have started to understand reality as it really is. 
And it actually lines up with the Adventist perspective because the Adventist perspective sees reality as it really is. And it's not the sort of half, half material, half magical uh, thing that people imagined it to be for, for millennia. And uh, it's amazing that some of the most faithful, some of the people that are trying to be most dedicated to Adventism are actually taking Adventism into into uh, the dark ages the dark ages but also into into paganism into new age theology into witchcraft yeah as opposed to where god intended us to go um we do have something that's different than modern medicine in that we emphasize preventive medicine we emphasize um preventive health measures you know live a healthy life as opposed to waiting to get sick and then and then trying to fix yourself but that doesn't have to conflict with modern medicine. I mean, we can live a healthy life and take advantage of all the modern understanding that we have of the body and of, of the, the world around us and things like that. And, uh, yeah, we definitely need to have a, a serious conversation on this because um, in times of crisis, like the ones we're going into now, people make very poor decisions because of this bad theology. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, we could probably uh, take some time and and work through through those aspects coming back to the the text here they jesus ends up going from the the boat to the shore and many people are there they've already gone through the whole area and they've called everyone i mean let everybody know that jesus is there and this is their chance to get the, the people who were sick uh, healed and many people came forward and they they were healed and I mean, it would have been amazing to to see somebody receive their sight. I mean, the the closest that we have seen, that I have seen people receive their sight is when they have the the surgery for their cornea, or um, they have uh, uh, an implant that's put in their brain that allows them to see, like uh, kind of like a video camera does. So they I, I don't know how they they do it, but they. They put an encoder that allows them to decode what the optic nerve is telling them, telling the brain. And then because that area of the brain where that processes visual information is, is broken, this encoder does it for them and they're able to see. So anyway, <clears throat> the body is an amazing uh, is an amazing thing that God has created. But the laws that God has put in place that govern the body can be easily found through the scientific method and can be validated by the scientific method. And it has been. For example, modern medicine recognizes now that uh, smoking is injurious to health. It, it recognizes that uh, <coughs> exercise is important to health. Um, and it also, because it has been given the chance uh, science has been given the chance to really investigate at the cellular level and even uh, smaller things than that. Um, understanding the principles um, that govern those those structures, it has been able to determine different cures. And in no way do those things negate the power of God. That's the important thing. Yeah. In no way does that negate the power of God. And if God gave them the ability to find these things, and for others to replicate those findings and for us to experience the healing that comes from the treatments that are offered, then God be praised as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So anyway, 
that's a good place where to stop here and we'll just uh, continue the next episode.